This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. Welcome back, everybody, to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Today, we're talking all about a very important day, probably one that will be remembered for a little while. It seems like the Fed has become a lot more dovish than we were expecting. I'm joined, of course, today by Craig Erlom, Senior Market Analyst at Oanda. Hey, Craig, how's it going? Really good, mate. Really good. What a way to end the year. As you say, huge surprises everywhere. I said earlier today in my note, there'll be fireworks and the Fed really delivered. You know, Craig, I was talking just before we jumped on this podcast. I mentioned that I was actually live streaming and and speaking with some people on YouTube. And I was pointing out to the fact that I didn't think that the Fed was going to say anything about rate cuts. My commentary was optimistic at best that they would kind of excuse the idea of further rate hikes. That was going to be like, in my opinion, the most bullish thing they could have said for for markets, the most bearish thing for the dollar. And meanwhile, we got three rate cuts uh, kind of forecasted for next year. It's a crazy, crazy difference from what I thought was going to happen. And and also, to be pointed out, much of the same uh, with the market's consensus. We see the dollar index trading much lower, uh, down tremendously today. Currencies against the dollar rallying. You've got the euro USD uh, up at this point on the day, where it's up uh, 90 pips today, that's a, that's a big jump. What do you think, Craig? I mean, uh, obviously, a surprise and, and markets were not expecting so much of a shift in the Fed's narrative, right? And the vast majority of the move that you're talking about in euro dollar has happened in the last hour. So obviously, yes. recording straight after the announcement, uh, Powell is actually still speaking. So if he says something shocking late on in that press conference, there's a reason we haven't covered it. And it's not because we're not paying attention. It's because it's just simply not happened yet. The market reaction tells you everything you need to know, right? I mean, I think there was a wide range of expectations going into it. We've all been listening to the Fed for the last two years, and for the last 18 months, they've been far less optimistic than the market. So I don't think anyone expected them to match market expectations. It was my feeling today that we were going to see one or two rate cuts priced in in the dot plot by the Fed. And I think that was probably just a case of we're acknowledging that no more rate hikes are needed. I thought they might go with one, but that would get a pretty bad reaction in the markets because that would suggest they're looking at Q4 for the first rate cut rather than Q1 to Q2, which is where the markets were positioned. So, And I was wondering uh, whether they would just effectively shake on two, like the markets, the Fed say, Fed says two, we say four, we're all right with that. There's not going to be a massive negative reaction. We're not going to put a sell-off on two rate cuts because we never expect the Fed to align. So I thought that's where they would position themselves in the most optimistic scenario. So to see three was a, a big surprise. And um, I think it comes as a massive relief. The question is, is this the pivot? I mean, you could argue that the pivot in the markets actually occurred. And I remember the podcast we recorded straight after this. And it was that jobs report um, uh, just over a month ago. And we were saying, I tell you what, that's been a massive day on the NASDAQ. We've seen a huge green candle on the US indices. And we were saying unemployment didn't really move. Uh, the jobs number was was not low, but not high. It's not really a knockout report, but it was the third consecutive meeting we'd seen 0.2% uh, wage growth. And is this the reason why the markets have got really excited, almost really ahead of themselves? Is it simply because wage growth has now seen a prolonged period of a few months where we've seen much more moderate levels of wage growth consistent with the Fed hitting its 2% inflation target. And it seems that not only did the markets get carried away with that, maybe the Fed got carried away with it too. And uh, we've seen some more data again, which points to the disinflation trend. We've seen core inflation coming down, and that's something that shortly uh, before we started this, 
Powell was actually referring to in that press conference about the pace of disinflation that we're seeing in core, uh, which is by far and away the most important because that's where the stickiest elements are. Things like services inflation is the thing that they're most concerned about. And they've seen a lot of progress uh, on that side. And that's clearly convinced them that not only is no more rate hikes needed, but now that we can start to talk uh, about uh, rate cuts in the new year. Uh, and that's what the dot plot points to. Three rate cuts in the new year, very close to where the market was positioned before. And I'll be, uh, I won't be surprised if, I mean, you can never really trust these uh, probability curves uh, in the immediate aftermath of these major events because the markets are moving so fast. Um, but I won't be surprised if when the dust settles, we are looking at December uh, with more than four interest rate cuts priced in from a market's perspective. In fact, I'm looking at it now and I'm saying you can't overly trust it, so bear that in mind. But markets are pricing in uh, about an 80% chance of five by December. So already... The, the Fed's met them more than halfway, so the markets, in typical markets fashion, have moved a little further away. Uh, that's typically how you see these things go. Markets like to be positioned a certain amount different from the Fed, and we've seen that today. Yeah, we, we typically talk about that on the podcast, just how important it is to point out that very frequently – the Fed uh, is is going to remain cautious in their narrative constantly. You know, they, they have a job to get done. They don't want the markets to get ahead of themselves. But as you point out, the markets are very excited by this number. And, and just to kind of add to what you were saying, um, you know, you take a look at yields today. That is a ginormous move on the two-year yield, uh, the 10-year yield across the curve. I mean, we saw a really, really steep drop. And, and to your point about uh, rate expectations, that that is very much in line. So we're seeing 4.48 on the two-year. On the 10-year, we're seeing uh, currently 4.047%. That is a fresh low uh, since back in September, uh, where the markets got uh, a little bit excited there as well. But I think it's really interesting because, you know, we have uh, a, a lot of stuff in front of us. And, and one thing to point out, when we got the statement I thought this was kind of interesting. It seems like throughout us covering this, Craig, we've had more and more commentary from the Fed that is pointing uh, to the the consumer, um, to, to the economy. Uh, they, they basically, I'm reading from the statement here that tighter financial and credit conditions for households and businesses are likely to weigh on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. So it just seems like it's creeped more and more into the conversation that the the work that they had done, the hikes that they had done, um, they are conscious more and more seemingly uh, to the idea that 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 is going to have impactment impact on basically uh, the economy. So it's interesting because that shift in narrative came alongside the most obvious, to your point, the the three rate cuts um, kind of spoken about, and and then the markets taking that even further, which is clear to see when you take a quick look at the S&P 500, which is up a ginormous amount, uh, 4,700 on the S&P 500. Uh, that is a, a, and of course, that's um, the, the S&P futures. And if you take a look at, you know, similar concept on the NASDAQ, these things are just flying high, 16,543. And, you know, Craig, we're not that far off from uh, all-time highs with a lot of these things. I think the Dow is approaching and, and same thing with the NASDAQ. I guess the next question is, when we take a look at all of this uh, kind of optimism surrounding the indices, the dollar trend uh, coming down. One thing we have to talk about is how does this impact the rest of the world and specifically 
to uh, our audience, which is very currency focused. How does this impact the currency world? Obviously, you've got the dollar trading down uh, real strong today, to your point in the last hour or so. Uh, We've seen a big drop on the dollar index. You now have some other stuff that's on the cards. We've got the Bank of England. We've got other uh, central banks that are next in line, if you will, to talk about this. Are they going to mirror? Are they going to sound similar to the Fed? And that, I think, is where um, you get some really interesting moves in the currency market. We already talked about it, so I'll come back and I want to ask you about it. Euro dollar trading higher here today. You've got pound USD uh, trading higher today. Dollar yen falling off a cliff as now the Bank of Japan kind of, uh, you know, whether they're jostling for position or they're serious about rate hikes, either ways, you pair that with uh, the Fed, which seems, uh, again, more dovish than they have been. What is the currency world looking like? What has your attention right now? Yeah, I mean, you've touched on a few good points. I mean, firstly, I think the Dow's actually just made a new record high. So oh, we're it? actually now, I think Powell may have even delivered the Dow into record territory, a little mm. Christmas gift there uh, from Jerome Powell, the Santa rally potentially now in full swing or are we going to see a buy the rumor sell the fact thing is this is this going to be uh, one of those scenarios it's going to be really interesting to see what happens now over the course of the next week or two and i think today is going to have a massive massive role to play in in, in how things unfold yeah the, the 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 dollar's been a big talking point right because we're not just it, it, it's it's is a dollar story but it isn't a dollar story it's how the dollar is comparing with other currencies if you talk about the yen, well, we're talking about the central bank, which is looking to go in the other direction, so the dollar's not been performing quite that well against it. Against the euro, it's been a bit more interesting, right? Because the central bank is actually, uh, in Europe, is also uh, looking to cut rates and very aggressively. At least that's what markets currently believe. Markets are pricing in five rate cuts from the ECB next year prior to this Fed event. Uh, and obviously, we'll hear from the ECB tomorrow, and they'll give their projections. They'll give their interest rate decision, their forecast. They'll give their press conference as well similar deal to what we had today but without a dot plot so we'll get we'll we'll get to hear what they think and whether today's fed comments and projections have maybe influenced people's thinking ahead of that ecb event about what we can actually get from uh christine lagarde but euro dollar's almost been quite separate because the two are relatively mirroring each other and if anything you could make a case for the euro uh being in a worse position because we've got an economy that could already be in recession at a time when the central bank's gonna have to cut interest rates but at this point in time you look at today the euro is up uh what three quarters of one percent against the dollar so it is very much a dollar driven move at this point uh the pound is in a different position again because the markets are pricing in a summer rate cut um and much fewer uh over the course uh, of the period after that uh and the economy is showing resilience the the pound has actually been performing uh relatively well against the us dollar at a time when it hasn't been performing too well on its own and then we look at gold back above two thousand dollars everywhere you look right now we're seeing some really big moves everything was hanging on the fed it was on the jobs report the cpi report and the fed the jobs report didn't really blow anyone away there was positives and negatives to take away the cpi could not have been more in line with expectations the monthly readings the annual readings the core readings the headline everything was bang in line with expectations A bit of a boring report, truth being told. Put a lot of pressure on today's event because it didn't really give us too much of a swing either way. Uh, But the Fed have really delivered. And uh, yeah, I think we're seeing some big moves. I'm looking at the flashing markets right now. You've got, like I say, record highs in the Dow. Um, The S&P and NASDAQ not too far away, but more than 1% on a day. Gold up almost 2% back above 2,000. Silver up almost 4%. Oil even managing uh, a day in the green. And of course, 
Bitcoin up almost 4%, two big moves in the bond markets also. This has been uh, a big day for the markets. It was built up to be a potential big day in the markets. And like I said, the Fed really delivered. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think to your point, moves across the board, currency-wise, cryptocurrency-wise, indices, commodities, everything seems to just be moving parabolic today. It's it's one of those days. And and it, it truthfully, uh, on the podcast, it's it's fun days for us to cover because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, but I do think that, you know, that, that point that you made about the ECB, about the Bank of England, they're up next. And, you know, tomorrow we will get a little bit of a, okay, your turn. Are you going to sound the same? Which I guess is a, a scenario we could talk briefly about. Are they going to mirror? And if so, let's take it one at a time. So Bank of England, Craig, what do you think? I mean, if if we get uh, a central bank that sounds similarly dovish, maybe not exactly the same, as you mentioned, they're a little bit more on the cautious side. They've had a little bit more stubborn inflation. What does that do to the pound? I guess what's the highlight levels that you're looking for out of the Bank of England and the ECB tomorrow? So I think the Bank of England uh, may be a bit more subdued. Uh, the reason is that they release their forecasts and hold their press conferences also every quarter, but it's February, May august and november uh so tomorrow we just get the rate decision and the voting details and a statement given that the bank of england looks a bit further away i can't imagine we're going to see a drastic change in the statement when there aren't new forecasts to back it up so i think the bank of england could potentially wait till february before we potentially see that that moment again never say never they're here to surprise us. They've done it many times before. But I think it's a bit more difficult for them to do so. And given that markets aren't pricing in a March rate cut, um, I think there's plenty more justification just to keep the just to kind of keep the ship steady, as it were. Um, I think markets are kind of moved to like say like a June rate cut from the Bank of England, maybe May or June. So plenty of time for the pivot to come from from that side. The ECBs are different matters. I said we've got forecasts, we've got a press conference, we've got a statement. So there's plenty of scope. And also the markets are already pricing in five interest rate cuts next year. So if we're going to see a pivot from the ECB, if the ECB is going to cut rates five times next year, it kind of has to be now. Like they, they can't really wait till yeah. March and they're not going to do it between forecasts. Markets want that rate cut in March and therefore the ECB, if they're going to comply, they, like I said, the update has to come tomorrow. And um, that's what I expect. I didn't expect the Fed to be so forthright in their expectations and to align as much as they did with the markets. So perhaps we've got a similar surprise in store from the ECB too. Um, and like I say, inflation has been coming down quite aggressively. Germany has already been in recession once. It's now probably in a double dip recession and the euro area as a whole is likely in a recession too, which will be confirmed potentially in the next month or so. So yeah, there's the central bank has almost achieved its goal in inflation and now may have to turn its attention to the economy. And I expect the forecast may well back that up. Well, fortunately too, Craig, we have another episode we'll be doing on Friday. So we'll have a little bit more to speak on when it comes to uh, Bank of England, ECB, and how it reflects against the uh, what we got from the Fed today. So thank you, of course, for your commentary. Uh, and we will see you back on Friday's episode. Looking forward to it. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. 